Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Tuesday, December 19th. Today, we're learning about how NORAD in Colorado Springs uses their aerospace technology for a very important holiday mission, tracking Santa Claus. Before we begin, a quick message. Join the Colorado Sun on January 4th as the politics team looks at the 2024 legislative session and what we can expect to hear from legislative leaders. RSVP for free today at coloradosun.com events. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. Southwestern Colorado's ancestral Puebloan sites, including the prominent Yucca House, hold significant value for scholars, Native Americans, and the nation. President Woodrow Wilson designated Yucca House as a national monument on this date in 1919, acknowledging its archaeological importance. Situated on the eastern slope of Sleeping Ute Mountain, Yucca House differs from Mesa Verde's cliff dwellings and represents one of the ancestral Puebloan's largest open valley towns. Inhabited from the 1100s to the 1300s, it may have sheltered over 10,000 people. The site includes the West Complex, a notable structure with around 600 rooms and 100 kivas. Before we continue, a quick thank you to our members who make it possible for the Colorado Sun to bring you your news about our beautiful, complex state. If you aren't yet a member, consider joining now to support local journalism and gain access to member newsletters. Start your membership today at coloradosun.com join. Next, our feature story. Thanks for joining us today, Sun Up listeners. I'm Parker Yamasaki, the arts and culture reporter for the Colorado Sun. Every year on Christmas Eve, volunteers gather at the headquarters of the North American Aerospace Defense Command, also known as NORAD, in Colorado Springs. There, they field calls from children all over the world who are trying to track down one very important aircraft, Santa's sleigh. Today, we're joined by John Ingle, Public Affairs Specialist at NORAD, who will tell us more about the history of this tradition and how it all goes down. Thanks for being here, John. Hey, Parker. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing well, thanks. So to start, can you just give us a quick overview of what NORAD does for the other 364 days a year? Yeah, so our number one priority is the defense of North America. Um, NORAD is a binational organization made up of American and Canadian military members and civilian employees. And so our daily job, our day job, uh, if you will, is monitoring and defending North American airspace uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, And we do that through a variety of different capabilities and assets. Uh, Most importantly, our people. Um, You can't do your job without the people, right? Um, So we we have a a system of uh, ground-based radars uh, that we use, as well as uh, satellites and, of course, our jet fighters, our, our jet aircraft that we use. Um, in in our daily mission. Uh, so that's that's kind of a nutshell of what we do, and, and that's our day job. We do that uh, every day of the year. All right. So it sounds like you're well-equipped for this particular type of observation, maybe a little bit overqualified even. Um, the why makes sense to me as in why NORAD would be well-suited for this job. Can you tell me a little bit about when and how NORAD landed the responsibility of tracking Santa? Yeah, so uh, back in 1955, it, it started as an accident, really. Um, there was an advertisement in a newspaper uh, that listed a phone number for children to call to be able to talk to Santa. And so when 
uh, children on that December 24th in 1955 called to speak to Santa. They were actually calling the uh, Continental Air Defense Command, which is NORAD's uh, predecessor. Um, and so they, they called the operations center and a uh, officer on duty at the time, uh, Colonel Harry Shoup, was the one to answer the phone. And at first he thought it was a joke uh, that somebody was playing a prank on him, but then he quickly realized that it was an actual child on the other end asking about Santa and wanting to talk to Santa. So much as the story goes, the uh, the uh, the the Christmas story, Colonel Shoup sprung into action and uh, and played the part of Santa for this child uh, so as to uh, keep the, the hopes and dreams of children on December 24th going. And so once he finished with that call, he uh, told all of the personnel working the floor that night that they're going to get a lot of phone calls uh, because of this misprep and that they can't let children down. And so from that night on, for for the past 68 years, NORAD has been answering the call um, and letting children around the world know where Santa is. Um, and uh, it's been a tradition that, that we've proudly taken on, and, and it's become one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, community engagement program in the Department of Defense. That is fantastic. Way to go, Colonel Shoup. Way to think on his toes. Um can you set the scene for us of NORAD headquarters on Christmas Eve now? Like, how many how many volunteers are you going to cycle in, and how many calls do you expect to come in? So um, this year we're actually uh, hosting the call center in a in a new location. Um, in years past, it was in a a, a conference room, if you will. Um, and but this year we're actually using a a hangar on base um, and giving it more of an operational feel for our volunteers um, where they're walking into a building where you have military members processed through a deployment line. And so they'll be welcomed and they'll be uh, walking into a, uh, a a winter wonderland, if you will. Um, and it's, it's going to be amazing. But uh, on December 24th, we'll have more than a thousand uh, volunteers come into the call center, and that's made up of active duty military members, um, civilian personnel, family members. Um, so they'll come into uh, the call center, and uh, like I said, more than a thousand will come in uh, and do that. Last year, we had more than two thousand or two hundred fifty thousand phone calls come into the call center, um, which is amazing. Uh, 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 just a fantastic number. Uh, and we expect that number to uh, to be larger this year. When a caller calls in, if they don't reach a person in person, um, then we have a recording that will tell people where Santa's at um, so that they're finding out real time where Santa's located. But then they can also call back uh, and actually talk to a person. So um, for that entire time span uh, on December 24th, December 24th, they can call in and, and keep calling in to try to reach somebody in person. Dang. Okay. So you said that there are over a thousand volunteers that are going to come in and over 200,000 calls that you're expecting to get. So now I'm curious, how do you make sure that everyone is on the same page when kids are asking their inevitable questions? Do you just kind of go with the spirit of improv and let them wing it? Or do you have a script that they're following? Well, 
we do have uh, a playbook that we provide our volunteers so that, you know, some of the the uh, more basic or, or often asked questions, uh, we have statements or, or answers for them. Um, but as you can imagine with children, you never know what they're going to ask. So sometimes uh, it, it is off the cuff. Sometimes uh, you're not sure what to say, but uh, we always have uh, answers prepared for the most common questions that we expect children to ask. What are some of those really common questions other than where's Santa and when is he coming to my house? And those are the most common ones. You know, they want to know where he's at and when he's going to be there. Um, And really, those are the top two. Um, Sometimes they'll ask about Rudolph. Sometimes they'll ask about the sleigh. You know, did Santa get their their Christmas wish list? Are they on the naughty or nice list? And yeah, you know, obviously, if you're on the nice list, then you'll get a visit from from Santa. But those are some of the common ones uh, that we get, and to go along with the uh, with the uh, uh, the funny ones, I would say. My heart is just melting thinking about answering all of these questions all night. One thing I want to talk to you about is the logistics of the operation. Santa is a notoriously elusive figure to track down, we'll say. And in fact, NORAD itself has speculated that he exists in a different time-space continuum than we're familiar with, which kind of helps explain how he can make his way around the world in what feels to us like 24 hours. So what technologies is NORAD employing to keep an eye on him? So the technology that we use to track Santa is the same technology that we use every day to track other uh, airborne objects in uh, North America and around the world. So we have our uh, North Warning System, our ground-based radars that are scattered along uh, the northern part of Canada and Alaska. We have 47 of those guys, actually. Um, And then we have satellites that are 22,300 miles above the Earth. Um, So that's, that's a huge number, but they're they're all over and they're keeping uh, helping us keep track of him. And then once he enters the North American airspace, that's when our uh, jet aircraft will uh, launch and fly next to Santa as much as they can. Uh, as like you mentioned, he, he travels at a different speed. Uh, he travels faster than starlight. And so our jet aircraft will launch and they'll uh, fly next to him as best they can. They'll rock their wings a little bit left to right. Uh, that's their way of waving to Santa, and then Santa will wave back with a smile and then go on his way and, and uh, deliver presents. Sounds like a very efficient operation. Do you have any favorite stories or messages that you'd like to share from past years? Yeah, so this is my first year with uh, NORAD Track Santa, so I haven't had the opportunity to uh, experience it myself, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. However, I was speaking with our uh, program manager, Lieutenant uh, Sean Carter. Uh, he's a local Colorado guy, uh, Colorado Springs guy, who's who's here running the program for us. Um, but I was talking to him about that and asked him, what are some of the, the uh, stories that you've had over the years? What's one of your favorite ones? And he said, coincidentally, last year was his favorite uh, or one of his favorites, but that's the most recent. Um, and they received a phone call from children in Ukraine. Um, and you you know what's going on over there. Um, and still on that day, and it shows the, the power of the program, if you will, um, still on that day, children from Ukraine were calling to ask about Santa and his location. 
And it wasn't so much that they were calling to ask about the presence that they were going to receive. They were calling to ask when he could turn the power back on. So that just kind of made people step back and pause and realize the magnitude of this program and the reach that this program has and the importance that it plays in the lives of little kids around the world. Um, and so that, you know, not experiencing that, but hearing that uh, from Lieutenant Carter, um, you know, it's, it's all inspiring uh, that on that day, in that moment, that this could bring them that type of hope. That's a really special story, and I think a good one to end on. I hope that there's more magic moments like that ahead this year. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, John, for the chat today, and thank you to everyone for listening. If you'd like to watch the Santa Tracker yourself in action on Christmas Eve, go to noradsanta.org. That is N-O-R-A-D, Santa.org, and you can also find the hotline number and other resources there. Thanks. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. A state task force investigating why so many Colorado kids are running away from out-of-home placements is looking to Texas for a possible solution. Texas's Child Welfare Division created a program in 2005 to track down missing foster children. It's grown to include 300 investigators, many of them former law enforcement officers. The legislature created Colorado's task force after a joint investigation by the Colorado Sun and Nine News in 2021 into the number of runaways from youth residential centers, including two boys who were fatally hit by cars while on the run. The group will make recommendations to the state legislature in 2024. Colorado's governor and attorney general are asking the legislature for $600,000 to hire a group of attorneys who would be loaned out to the federal government to prosecute gun crimes in federal court. Proponents say the initiative would target only the most dangerous offenders, but it would also let attorneys paid for by the state pursue gun cases that are no longer illegal under state law. The Colorado legislature in 2021 rolled back a prohibition barring people convicted of felonies from purchasing or possessing guns, but those same people are still banned from possessing firearms under federal law. A state panel Monday blocked an attempt by elected officials in conservative Douglas County to offer a $28 million property tax break to homeowners by making an across-the-board reduction in home values. The State Board of Equalization, which is controlled by Democrats, voted to reverse the decision by the Douglas County Commissioner to reduce the county's violations of single-family homes, townhouses, and condominiums by 4%. Board members called the reduction unwarranted and feared it could set a precedent. They also warned the decision could threaten state finances by requiring the state to supplement the county's school funding. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever. And the Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.